listening to the SLCC podcast series What's on the Agenda. Each episode brings you content created especially for clerks. The shows include question and answer sessions with sector experts, special guests and much more. Learn more about our podcasts by visiting us at slcc.co.uk slash podcasts. Hello, I'm joined by Helen Ball, who has been the town clerk in Shrewsbury since 2009. Helen, can you tell us a bit about your journey to that position? Yeah, I think it's been one of those long journeys. Um, I think I've been a, a clerk for about 25 years. So I actually started as a very part-time parish clerk doing six hours a week in rural East Yorkshire um, in 97. I started on the 1st of April 97. Do not everybody start a parish clerk's job on April Fool's Day because it really bites you on the bum. I speak from experience. Then I moved on to um, being a clerk to Beverly Town Council um, in 2009 and then I was there for 10 years, and then I finished up in, in Shrewsbury. So I've done a bit of small councils, mediums, and, and large. And, of course, Shrewsbury Town Council is one of the biggest, isn't it, with a um, population of 72,000. How, how, how many staff do you have? Um, I have just short of 80. And a big budget? Well, it's a nice budget. I could do with a bit more, but, you know, I, I can't be greedy, can I? Currently, we have a budget of about £3.7 million, But then when you take grant funding and that kind of thing, it's probably heading up to the four and a half, five million pounds a year, something like that. And all that experience, plus I believe that you have a relevant qualification in it all as well. Well, yeah, I did working with your council very, very long time ago. Um, and then I did the local policy course at um, Gloucester University. So um, Elizabeth was um, my mentor. That's Elizabeth Skinner, isn't Elizabeth it? Skinner yeah. was my mentor, yeah. She was, uh, I think she was the one who got me through it. So I finished it with a first class honours degree from it. Well done. That, that's a fantastic achievement. And I know too that you've got some particular expertise around managing play areas and you were pivotal in making sure that the government got it right, even if it was late on, around play areas during the pandemic. Well, I wouldn't say I've got lots of expertise on it. I think I've, I've probably got lots of play areas that I need to manage. And when they came out with um, their suggestion on how we were going to manage play areas post-COVID, it was, I can't do that. I can't possibly do that. So then I started with my campaign to for lobby for, for better understanding of play areas. So. Yeah. Involved a, a nice sort of conversation with the Association of Play Industries and I finished up on some working group as well. So nice to represent the sector. Uh, and which leads us into uh, a general engagement with young people, which um, Shrewsbury's got a pretty good track record on. So your presentation of practitioners was, was around engaging with young people. So can you give us some of your insights into how Shrewsbury's been working with, with the youth of the town? I think it was quite interesting being asked to um, to do a, a presentation about youth engagement because when I said yes, I would do it, I just thought about the youth sessions that we did and the, the, the youth workers that we employ. But it was a nice opportunity to actually think how do we engage with youth on all other things as well. So I'm fortunate in that I have a large budget for youth workers and you know I've got quite a lot of staff who work in that service. But it was nice thinking of the ideas that other parish councils could take forward you know they don't have not going to have the resources that I have but if they could take snippets of that so so for me it was about um, showing what we did in terms of youth centre provision what we do with the kids out on the streets but then how do um, we engage with 
things like our Shrewsbury and Bloom group, our countryside sites. How can we really instill that democracy, um, that sort of civility and that citizenship with young people as well? And 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 sort of teach them to to be good citizens, to to vote and to want to to stand for election, which is important. Do you have a youth parliament that, that you're involved with? We and the county doesn't have a youth mm. parliament, which is a shame. And you know, it's a you know it's a shame that they've got not they haven't got that national representation locally. Mm. But we've got a group of of young people who are starting to sort of form the basis of a youth council. Yeah, that's good. that's that's good news. And and are you involved with holiday activities? Yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah, I think you've got to look at the fact that we've got lots of young people in Shrewsbury who um have free school meals and and. If when it comes to the school holidays, they won't get any meals on those days. So having activities that are focused for those young children that ensures that they're going to get some some substantial food on those days has been has been really important to us. And challenges are a big part of it. County lines. Can you tell us a bit about the problems that you might face in the time with that? I think I think county lines is one of those kind of things that people think it only happens in inner city areas. But um, we find that given that we are equidistant between Birmingham and Liverpool and Manchester, we are, are sort of the attraction of um, of some of that sort of gang, that mm. drug warfare, and they are sort of coming into the town to deal. But it brings a violence element to it, and, and it's the fact that they're beginning to, to groom young people to be their drugs runners, which is really, of course, a concern to us. So a lot of the work that we've been doing, particularly around our alternative curriculum, program is about trying to encourage um, sensible pathways for some of those people who are potentially vulnerable to grooming. So you must be working with a lot of other partners on that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's nowadays um, for, a, for a town council, you've got to get to a stage of working multi-agency and, and and you can play with the big boys, you know, that you've got something to bring to the table that they haven't got. Much more local knowledge, I guess, is a, is near the top of that list. I think also you find that when it comes to being a being a clerk, you've probably outlived so many superintendents, so many chief executives, so many chief fire officers that they yeah. all come to they all come to you when they're new, saying somebody's told me that if I if I talk to you, you'll know the answer, or if you don't, you know who does. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's for clerks up and down up yeah. and down the country, yeah. isn't it? Are you working on a particular initiatives? youth initiatives at the moment we we've been doing some work um for with safer streets funding um so we submitted a, a bid to the home office via the police and crime commissioner for funding to address violence against women and girls you know and and the the aspects of what happens to young people on the streets and we were fortunate to get five hundred and forty thousand pounds to to do something about it and i'm working with colleagues both in the in the business sector, in the private sector, and in sort of the, the local government sector and the police, we've got a programme going for that, and that's been sort of really quite successful. Yeah. And it's been quite startling by what has come come about and what's been unearthed. So we're at the stage where we're still in the frightening stage of what's happening in there, and we're starting to, to try and address some of those issues. If a new parish clerk came to you, a parish clerk came to you and wanted to know what the, bit of, the best advice you could give on how to engage with young people in their towns or parishes, what would that advice be? Oh God, that's a difficult one, isn't it? I think it's about being open and accessible, and I would advocate detached work all of the time because it's 
not about trying to encourage people to come into your setting. You've got to go into theirs. Mm. So, you know, and it's probably um, a bit of a daunting task probably for some clerks because it's about not necessarily a nine-to-five job. It's where the, where do the kids go? Where do they go on, go on a night? Where do they go on a weekend? And really sort of understanding them. So it's it's putting yourself out a bit. Yeah. There'll be lots of events, of course, that you you organise for young people and for the wider community. And we know that you're a bit of an expert on Martin's Lawn and there's been mm. lots published in the last few days on that. So Naomi is actually going to be asking you some questions and get to, to, some tips that we can pass on. Thanks, Shelley. Martin's Law, it's, it's not been passed yet, but it's, you know, lots of clerks are talking about it. Obviously, as a clerk, you're responsible for lots of events, ensuring that your community's are kept safe. You've been doing some work, haven't you, with mm. local police? Any words of wisdom that you want to share with your fellow clerking colleagues in terms of how to really prepare your communities and how to keep them safe? I think Martin's Law is one of those kind of things that's um, the precursor has been around probably for about five years because it really came about by the tragic circumstances of the Ariana Grande concert in 2017 in Manchester, and which 21 young people died and it was quite pertinent for us because we were we had the the next concert after that you know we had 12,000 people who were in the town for an 80s concert like two weeks later and suddenly having that aspect of do we need to think about terrorist attacks on there when people are here and being safe and we want them to be safe is really quite difficult so we've watched it with great interest um, particularly around the public inquiry Martin's mum, Fika Maria, has been doing some awesome work on really promoting that aspect of keeping, having a duty to protect people. You know, we've got a duty to prevent things, but not a duty to protect. And and it's the consequences of which are probably going to be quite significant for everybody because they're looking for having sort of policies in place that are going to protect people where there can be anything from 100 people in, in a location. So that is potentially a play area, it's a park, it's a high street, it's not, you know, a 12,000 arena stadium in Manchester. So having that aspect of having a terrorism management plan for for your community is going to be ever more evident and it's going to be on the statute book. So it's how are we going to start to look at that? So I've started to sort of look at how can I train my staff to be, terrorist aware so they've done a lot of the the free training they understand all the kind of principles around how vehicles can be used as terrorist attacks how people can leave suspect packages within there um, and also how do they actually come to being able to you know to, to manage those kind of issues because ultimately we are, are ultimately responsible and we're going to be part of that process and that is what Martin's Law has really come out with so I think there's a lot of work that probably the society could do, you know, and I would be up for for helping that kind of thing because, you know, I like to think that we've taken a very proactive stance in it. So my sort of stance from Marty's Law started last year, let's put the principles in place, let's start to risk assess all of our sites, look at the vulnerabilities and how would we actually put things in place. So when it comes to the statute book this year, um, my abnormal from last year is my normal. Thanks, Helen. Thank you very much, Helen. And enjoy the rest of the conference. Yes, I do. Thanks.